Welcome back. The saga continues. Former President Donald Trump was indicted by a New York grand jury yesterday in connection to an alleged hush money payment he made to adult film star Stormy Daniels. The news has sent shockwaves throughout political circles across the country and has garnered reaction from both sides of the political aisle. We'll take a look at the reactions, the ramifications of an indictment, and what's ahead for President Trump and Republicans. We'll be taking a look at those stories and more today, March 31st, 2023. From Ishan Media, this is the Ishan S. Show, a podcast about the interesting and ever-changing world of American politics. With me, your host, Ishan. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Ishan S. Show. So glad to have you back on. Now, before we get into things, I just want to ask all of you one quick favor. Could you please just follow the Ishan S. Show on Twitter, Instagram, and Spotify right now? Because now that we're in this really exciting part of the election cycle where all news is big news, I know that you guys want to know everything that's going on. So follow us on all these platforms and subscribe to the political news blog and keep checking the Show.com so that you are on top of all of the biggest stories in politics. Speaking of which, I'm so glad to be back and boy are we witnessing history right now. This is something, what we're going to talk about today, it's something that is unprecedented, something that no one has seen in the history of this country. And I think we really don't understand what unprecedented means, but we've never seen anything like this. And what we're witnessing right now, they're going to put that in the history books 30 years from now. Now, for my friends that aren't sure about what I'm talking about, yesterday in the evening, uh, President Trump, former President Donald Trump, was reportedly and then confirmed to be indicted by a New York grand jury in connection to alleged hush money payments his campaign for president made in the lead up to the 2016 election to adult film star Stormy Daniels. We talked about the story in depth last week about the details of this case, what's going on with it, et cetera, et cetera. But for my friends that want a quick spark notes of what happened, Basically, in the lead up to the 2016 election, former President Donald Trump was is alleged to have made a hush money payment to adult film star Stormy Daniels to keep her quiet about an affair that the former president might have had with her around 2006 or 2007. And these payments that were made amounting to around 130000 were made via Trump's former personal lawyer and fixer, Michael Cohen. He's somebody we talked about last week. Now, Cohen had a bit of a falling out with Trump, and he actually actually ended up testifying against Trump in this case. He also was found guilty for f- making these payments. Now, what this case that we're talking about today is about is whether or not bank fraud, or not bank fraud, if there was fraud committed in the facilitation of the money in, this, in these payments. Um, so anyway, this has been ongoing for nearly five years. Uh, Basically around this point in April 2018 or 2017 is when we opened it up. But many of us weren't really thinking that this was going to be that big of a deal. I remember all those years ago watching this story on the news and thinking, this isn't a big deal. I don't think uh, this is going to be an issue for the Donald. I guess I spoke too soon. (laughs) So 
the investigation was ongoing. They were trying to find out witnesses. They were trying to find more areas of interest, evidence, anything that might have influenced the Trump's campaign's decision or Trump's own decision to make these hush money payments. And it revolves for a while. It revolves, and actually it was buried for the longest time, but it revolved around the action when it came to Michael Cohen making these payments. So the payments were made. Whether or not Trump knew about it, whether or not these were campaign funds, those are the questions we are trying to answer. Um, now, many people weren't paying attention to this. That was until we got a new district attorney in Manhattan. He came in to run that shop. His name is Alan Bragg. We also talked about him in the last episode. He is the new district attorney of Manhattan, and he was charged with conducting this investigation, and he actually ran on a platform of prosecuting Donald Trump, investigating Donald Trump. So we actually ended up reopening this case and convened a grand jury. Now, for my friends who don't know what a grand jury is, we did explain what that is, what that is last week, but a grand jury is basically like a jury. Um, if you don't know what a jury is, it's a group of your peers and uh, nine of your peers that evaluate whether or not you are guilty in criminal court. But with a grand jury, it's a little different because here you're not determining if uh, a person is guilty, but rather you're determining if there's enough evidence, uh, 23 people, if there's enough evidence to, deter, uh, to present a charge or to charge somebody with um, a crime. So this isn't determining if Trump is guilty of anything. It's just determining that there is enough evidence for the DA, district attorney, to actually follow through with an indictment. And I guess the grand jury decided that that's the case with this issue because they have decided that Trump, there's enough evidence to take this to court. Trump, for his part, has denied all wrongdoing since this opened up in the first place all those years ago. He said that it's a witch hunt and that it's all part of all these other cases and investigations that have been made into him for so many years. He's discredited it. Uh, he's discredited it. Uh, and he doesn't think there's that there's been any wrongdoing. Interestingly, though, he hasn't like openly denied the affair itself, which is interesting to think about. But he has denied any knowledge of what Michael Cohen did, how he made the payments and when he was making that $130,000 payment to Stormy Daniels. All right, friends, that was a bit of a marathon, but you are all caught up on what's been going on, so let's get into the nitty-gritty of what has happened since last night. So last night, news broke. I got it off of Fox News and CNN at the same time, fun fact. But the news broke that former President Donald Trump was indicted by a New York grand jury in connection to the hush money probe that I just talked about. And I remember thinking when I got the notification, oh, my God, that is so surprising. I didn't actually think that it was going to happen. And the reason I didn't think this was going to happen and the reason many people didn't see this coming was because Alan Bragg actually said that he would be delaying the convening of this case and the grand jury until late next month. So nobody actually expected anything to happen, if you ask me. This is a pretty smart move for Bragg because if he wanted to go for that surprise element to catch people off guard and surprise the media, he did a good job because I think if you would have told us that he's doing something in late April and that's what he was going to follow through with, well, I'm guessing much of the media would have had their cameras set up in late April, but not, and not now. So he definitely caught everybody by surprise when he did this. And 
there's got to be a little uh, understanding of what might have motivated this. Was it actually just to surprise the media? Because that's one theory. Another theory is that maybe something came up, like a new piece of evidence or a new piece of testimony that might have come up, that might have actually compelled him, that might have convinced him that he has enough to go to this grand jury and for them to then indict Trump. Because unless there's something that's not in the ordinary, I don't understand why he would have done something like this unless it was just for surprise. That's interesting. Um, and that's something that many pundits were trying to examine and trying to understand yesterday during the coverage of this uh, indictment. And we didn't really get much. But the Manhattan District Attorney's Office then later issued a statement saying, quote, this evening we contacted Mr. Trump's attorney to coordinate his surrender to the Manhattan DA's office for arraignment on a Supreme Court indictment, which remains under seal guidance. Uh, guidance will be provided when the arraignment date is selected, end quote. What that means is basically the DA's office is in, Trump, is in contact with Trump's lawyers. Trump will surrender, and they are going to keep everything shut, at least the details of the evidence in this case, shut as long as it's sealed until it goes to court. Now, President Trump is expected to go to uh, court or, uh, or to New York on Tuesday, after which we are expecting the seal to be lifted and we will find out more about this case. But Trump's going to go through the no same fingerprinting, the same processes that all other defendants go through. So this is like really, it's not that I'm trying to take a side, but this is interesting to watch. Like if you're a political nerd like me, seeing something like this happen is very interesting. And this is big stuff. But um, that was a look at what has happened until now. When we come back from the break, I'll take a look at the reactions as well as the impacts that this indictment has on politics and the 2024 election. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after this short, short break. All right, we're back from the break. Now, before we left, we were talking about the immediate impacts that we saw uh, and our reactions to the immediate reactions to uh, the indictment. I remember I was writing that Ishan S. Show article like crazy. That's on the Show.com. So if you want to read up more about the details of this case, Show.com. <laughs> Shameless plug. Um, but it's on our political news blog. And I just remember thinking, wow, this is so surreal. And I wonder what other people must be thinking of this. And more importantly, I wonder what Donald Trump is thinking of this. So we did some investigating, and based on reports that we've gotten, specifically from the Washington Post, Donald Trump did not expect this to happen. He was reportedly taken aback by the decision. And I think maybe it was just because he was caught up in the same thing that I and other people were. Because, you know, when we're thinking of something like that, like that happening in late April, but it happens like a day before, two days before April starts. Yeah, you don't really expect this to happen. So understandably, Trump was caught off guard a little. These reports continue to say that he initially didn't take it very well based on the reporting that we've gotten. But any kind of you know reaction that we see from Trump is always very temporary because... Um, it, then it is reported that he kind of said that, okay, we can turn this into something interesting. Like he was like, okay, maybe we can make this work for us. He also joked about golden handcuffs. <laughs> so maybe this isn't as bad as, um, as Trump, maybe Trump might've thought, maybe this isn't bad as I planned on it. 
Um, and don't forget, Donald Trump is actually the person, mind you, who reported this news to us and to the world 10, 15 days ago when he posted on Truth Social that the Manhattan DA's office is coming after me and is trying to indict me and arrest me. And he also was calling for protest um, on his Truth Social platform. So, you know, everyone was caught off guard, including our chief defendant. <laughs> but in a very lengthy statement issued... Uh, last night, President Trump said, quote, this is political persecution and election interference at the highest level in history. From the time I came down the golden escalator at Trump Tower, even before I was sworn in as your president of the United States, the radical left Democrats, the enemy of the hardworking men and women of this country, have engaged in, witch, in a witch hunt to destroy the Make America Great Again movement. You remember it just like I do. Russia, 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 the Mueller hoax, Ukraine, 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 impeachment hoax one, impeachment hoax two, the illegal and unconstitutional Mar-a-Lago raid, and now this. The Democrats have lied, cheated, and stolen in their obsession with trying, tr trying to get Trump, but now they've done the, the unthinkable, indicting a completely innocent person and an act of blatant election interference. I'm guessing he wasn't very happy. <laughs> uh, as for other reaction that we've gotten, Republicans, as expected, are outraged by this. And, you know, for them, it's been compounding for the past year or so of legal trouble for their boss after, you know, legal trouble, legal trouble after legal trouble. And I kind of figured, I thought that Republicans would start to see Donald Trump as a bit more of a political liability, but I guess they're not there yet. So, so many people are very outraged by the whole thing that happened. And we'll play a few clips of some prominent Republicans, but here's what House Speaker Kevin McCarthy had to say about this raid. Quote, Alan Bragg has irreparably damaged our country in an attempt to interfere in our presidential election. The American people will not tolerate this injustice, and the House of Representatives will hold Alvin Bragg and his unprecedented abuse of power to account, end quote. So when news of this initially broke, Kevin McCarthy vowed to investigate Alvin Bragg, and he vowed, um, and him and his deputies, um, the chairmen's of all, chairman of all the committees, the judiciary, etc., they all said that they were going to investigate Alan Bragg to see if there was political persecution uh, in his judgment. But they also wanted to see if Alan Bragg used federal Department of Justice funds to conduct this investigation because they don't want a DA using federal funds to investigate, an, uh, in their words, a political opponent. So Kevin McCarthy was already planning something. Republicans were planning something to go after um, to go after. Alan Bragg, because much of the attack is right now directed at Bragg and not Democrats in general. It's a little different from Trump. And then as for, a, you know, a nice quote that might sum up the Democrats' reaction, Representative Maxine Waters, who's very controversial on the right, tweeted a now viral tweet saying, quote, so Trump finally got indicted. I predicted that he would, and I predicted that Stormy Daniels would get him. Sometimes justice works, end quote. You know, <laughs> Maxine Waters was actually really big when the Stormy Daniels thing happened um, five, six years ago. Like, she was very much about, like, how Trump was going to get in trouble because of her. I guess Maxine Waters was right. But um, 
she's vilified by the right. So we'll we'll keep it to there. Um, and reaction has been pretty consistent from either side. Um, Democrats are happy. Democrats are saying this is justice served. Republicans are very angry, and they're saying that this is a witch hunt that is politically motivated. But a lot of the bulk of attack that Republicans have been making have not been towards Democrats in general. I mean, they're saying that Democrats and the radical left are trying to persecute a political opponent. They're, they're using that rhetoric. Um, but it's, the tone is different from Trump, where it's more just directed towards Alan Bragg, because ultimately it is Alan Bragg's prerogative. And they're saying that Alan Bragg is abusing his power. They're saying that it's a politically motivated witch hunt and that it is and they're trying to tie in Democrats. And the reason I think they're trying to tie in Democrats is because Donald Trump, this isn't his only legal issue. He actually has a lot of legal issues going on, including attempted overturning of the Georgia 2020 election when they were talking about the electors there. Then there's the Mar-a-Lago classified documents raid. I mean, that's a whole other issue for Donald Trump. Uh, the January 6th riot, that's pulled Donald Trump in pretty far. So there's um, a lot of legal drama that's being that, that the Trump is facing. And actually it's most of it is being led by Democratic attorneys, you know, district attorneys, states attorneys, et cetera, that are looking into this. So Republicans are trying to turn this into a narrative of, you know, targeted attacks on political opponents, on Republicans from the Democrats. And and with this case, they're chiefly trying to say that Democrats are trying to remove a political opponent from the political arena, which has been interestingly selling very well. Um, we'll take a look at polling in just a second, but I first want to look at reaction from Trump 2024 competitors, because don't forget, even after all of this stuff and all of the other things Trump is facing, he is still running for president. So let's take a look at some of his competitors. So in a tweet, Ron DeSantis, Trump's most likely Republican challenger, as in formidable one, uh, has said, quote, the weaponization of the legal system to advance a political agenda turns the rule of law on its head. It's un-American. The Soros-backed Manhattan district attorney has consistently been the law to downgrade, felony, to downgrade felonies as an excuse, uh, an excuse, an excuse cr criminal conduct. Yet now he is stretching the law to target a political opponent. Florida will not, ex will not work an extradition request given the questionable circumstances at issue with this Soros-backed Manhattan prosecutor and his political agenda. Ron DeSantis is Trump's biggest competitor. Um, Donald Trump sees Ron DeSantis as a threat. So to see one of his biggest threats come to support might be nice for Trump to see. Now, when Ron DeSantis says Soros, he's referring to billionaire uh, Democrat don donor George Soros, who's known everywhere around the world because he donates a lot of money to progressive causes, causes and Democrats. And actually, as a matter of fact, he did donate around $500,000 to Alan Bragg's campaign for DA. Now, there is a part that I find really interesting. Ron DeSantis, number one, did not mention Trump by name, but also came to his defense of sorts, which is politically very smart on his part because he wants to win that Trump vote. He wants to win the Trump base. So good for you, Ron. But when he mentioned the extradition thing, I, I was like, this is interesting because you're not in a different country. Extradition refers to like, you know, a 
criminal in a different country being sent back to another country to be tried for a crime. We're in the United States of America. Like, it's in the Constitution. States are going to work. I can't, the, the full faith credit clause or whatever, I can't remember the name of it, but it's the part of the Constitution where the states are going to work with each other to catch criminals and they're going to work with each other on these types of things. There's no such thing as like extradition of sorts that the way Ron DeSantis is trying to frame it, not that I'm saying Donald Trump is a criminal, but when Donald or Ron DeSantis makes that extradition claim or he uses that type of vocabulary, I find it a little interesting that he did that. But okay, he's playing politics and he's trying to play it smart, so we'll let it go. Nikki Haley, Trump's only actual opponent as of right now, was on Fox News last night. Here's a clip of her. You know, from everything I've seen from this uh, New York um, district attorney is that this would be something he'd be doing for political points. And I think what we know is when you get into political prosecutions like this, it's more about um, revenge than it is about justice. And, you know, I think the country would be better off talking about things that the American public is cares about than to sit there and have to deal with some revenge by some political people in New York. President Biden, for his part, actually said that he would not be issuing any comments about Donald Trump, which is so funny, specifically, or, well, specifically with his indictment. He will not be issuing any comments about this indictment, which I found really funny because I was like, Joe, you could have gone at that and you could have made a swipe at Trump. But when you think about it, it's actually good for him that he's not making any comments or claims because he doesn't want to seem like this is a politically motivated arrest or an indictment or anything like that because you don't want it to look like you're trying to get rid of your political opponents because that's something that happens in countries like Russia, you know, where you're arresting political opponents and putting them in jail. For optics reasons, it's really smart for Joe Biden not to do that. Not that I'm suggesting that that's what's happening, but like optics wise, that's how it might be played. Um, and Democrats, I think, ought to play it a little smart because they shouldn't, in my view, be commenting too much about this or shouldn't be getting too excited about this because this could very well blow up in their faces if the you know things that go forward because the indictment is just the beginning. It's everything in the legal system and the court system after that that Democrats may need to think about. And if this blows up in their face, well, that'd be pretty embarrassing. But um, this does take a burden off of Merrick Garland. And as a reminder, Merrick Garland is the attorney general of the United States. His job is to investigate. He's the chief law enforcement officer of the United States of federal law um, because he is also investigating Donald Trump. Now, the concern that there was initially was Merrick Garland might indict Donald Trump for something for many of the investigations that he's committing. So if Merrick Garland did that, then it would seem very much like the Biden administration was trying to you know, put an opponent in jail. But now that, you know, now that he's not going to be the first one firing the first shot, somebody's already done that. I think Merrick Garland kind of has a burden taken off his shoulders. And, you know, Merrick Garland has been vilified by the right for so many years. So, you know, avoiding liability's sake, I think this is good for Merrick Garland, specifically in the Biden administration. And of course, polling. Uh, Republicans are actually standing by Donald Trump. Um, they are saying that they are furious and they're saying that this is politically motivated, et cetera, et cetera. I can't remember um, 
where this poll is from, but I do remember seeing it last night on NBC News. So, I mean, I'm guessing it was probably from M- NBC News, but I think they said that around 75% of Republicans were going to stand by Trump, actually would want to vote for him even more if there was an indictment against him. And you could say that's a good thing for Trump, but honestly, when I look at this and I look at the politics of it, in the short term, Trump can benefit all he wants from it. And in fact, he is. He is fundraising a lot of money off of this. But in the long term, when you're looking at swing voters and when you're looking at voters that might be a little turned off by all these legal issues, I don't see this really benefiting Donald Trump down the road, especially because Trump is going to surrender on Tuesday and a trial would be months away. And that means that that would happen in the heart of the presidential campaign. How embarrassing would it be for Trump if he had to go into court in the middle of a campaign for president? And as for his opponents, it's going to be interesting to watch how they react to the news. I mean, so far, we've gotten the reaction from many of them. They're all condemning it. But when you're thinking of this as a politician and not necessarily as a member of a party, people like Ron DeSantis and Nikki Haley, you want to think of how they might go about it. Because I remember Hillary Clinton, she faced a lot of opposition and pushback for her own legal issues. And they said, like, maybe you can't have be president. You have too much legal baggage to be president. I wonder if Republicans, because they're now in that position themselves, that maybe they might start saying that about Donald Trump. Maybe they might start saying, you know, you have too many legal issues, Donald. You you can't be president. You might be too much of a liability. But that'll be interesting to watch because, of course, Democrats are going to say what they want to say about that. But what the Republicans and, and the primary say, I'm looking forward to that. And I'm looking forward to that August debate, even if Trump isn't on stage.